Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode. Talking with my friend Toby today. Did a did an in person one. I, I like the in person versus the remote. I mean, it's just uh, it's better. It's better to be face to face with people. And uh, Toby's a uh, local Denverite like myself. Uh, one of the heads of the psychedelic club and um, puts together those meetings every Monday where they do all kinds of things like psychedelic show and tell, book talks. Uh, they hosted the Mycadelic Mind Jam, the first one. And then I did another one at the psychedelic club uh, up at CSU in Fort Collins, which is really fun. Really, really fun. I'm very excited about the Mind Jams. They're, they're, they're pretty cool and I'm excited to bring them out more and more. I'll talk about it more in a uh, another another time uh toby also is uh the founder of uh, altered states integration altered states integration is uh, a website where you can go to get integration support it's online sometimes people don't have access to um you know integration resources where they live maybe they don't know of anybody uh they're not uh you know plugged into a psychedelic scene maybe there isn't a psychedelic scene so altered states has peer coaching they use an interview style approach that allows uh, them to work with clients directly on the integration process uh, they believe that uh, talking about the psychedelic experience in altered states is uh, one of the primary tools to reaching a deeper understanding and uh altered states integration is uh the website you can go there altered states integration.com find out more and i believe toby put together a uh a little um discount uh, code for mikeadelic listeners so stay tuned to the end of the podcast where he talks about that i think i'll put it in the show notes as well so you can access that um but they're on facebook and instagram as well you can go check them out altered states integration uh altered states integration altered states integration everywhere you go so that's pretty much it uh i hope you guys enjoy this episode if you do uh, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast grow. If you want to support the show a step further, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike Brank, or search Mike Adelic on Patreon. Donate as little as you want, dollar a month, $2 a month. Every little bit helps. You can also go to MikeBrank.com, B-R-A-N-C, and on my website there, there's more information where you can help and support uh, in all the ways that you feel comfortable doing or that you feel called to do as always message me reach out i am currently in a digital detox so i'm off of social media i'm not really participating in social media although i still have facebook messenger active on my phone so you could reach out to me on facebook messenger you can go to my website send me an email um you know but if uh if you're hitting me up on instagram i'm not going to respond i have uh i'm going to be off for about a month digital detox social media detox unplugging from the social media world. I feel I feel like it's good. I was saying this, I don't know if this makes sense, but I was saying this to my friend the other day. I was like, we, you know, in in the, this three-dimensional meat suit reality world, we will take psychedelics to kind of, you know, defrag our hard drive, so to speak, you know, get clean, cleanse the mind palette, get get a reset, get, you know, get a remembrance, get a reconnectedness. Well, how do we do that in the digital world? Like, how do we how do we dose our digital selves? You know, how do we kind of cleanse and 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 clear? And I think that maybe maybe it would be a good good thing to do a digital detox every now and then, just kind of disconnect. 
And I think there's this fear of like, oh my God, I'm going to miss out. I'm going to miss out of like people trying to reach out to me and talk to me and what's going on and, you know, that kind of thing. But it'll all be there. It'll all be there. And if people really want to get in touch with you, there's other ways, right? There's other ways. You can, like I said, you can email me. I still have Facebook Messenger on so you can message me. But, uh, and, um, and Facebook actually has a, a local uh, events app. So you can stay connected with like local events and stuff. So you don't actually need Facebook. So you could get the local events app. You could keep Messenger. But it's just, I think it's, for me, it's actually really helping me uh, because, you know, we're just, we don't realize, we don't really know how much the bombardment of the information stream and the media and the, you know, the people and their lives and the things that they're doing and the likes and the follows and the shares and the, we don't know how much of that is being, how much we're being impacted by that. You know, even if we say like, oh, it's fine, it doesn't impact me, we, we still don't know because, you know, how much can we actually handle like coming at us every day? Uh, I remember like Tim Ferriss, I think, was talking about why Steve Jobs and like why Steve Jobs wore the same thing every day, you know, because it's just like eliminating the decision-making process. The decision-making process takes a lot of time and consumes a lot of uh, cognitive effort and energy. It takes a lot of time to figure out what you want to eat, right? So a lot of people do meal prep and they prepare ahead of time. So these are all just little tips and tricks that we can use wherever we feel called to in our lives. It doesn't have to be a digital detox. It doesn't have to be a meal plan. It doesn't, you don't have to wear the same clothes every day. But whatever you feel that you can eliminate a little bit of um, cognitive overextension or cognitive overstimulation to give yourself a little reprieve, a little more space, a little more peace, a little more calmness. You know, I think that all too much people are striving to achieve, striving to be better than, you know, other people. And, you know, certainly from speaking from a place of myself, oftentimes as a creator, I'm going on social media and I find, you know, a lot of like judgment popping up or maybe even jealousy and be like, oh man, what, where, where, what, why is this happening? Why, why am I feeling these feelings? And I think it's only natural when we are in this massive infinite pool of interconnectedness on on online seeing other people's lives seeing what other people doing what other people are doing and and feeling maybe like we're not good enough feeling like maybe we haven't achieved enough or we haven't done enough um but i I've, I've been feeling a lot of a lot more peace since being disconnected from social media and feeling that uh my world is my world that exists in front of me my friends my community and i'm worried more about I'm 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 spending more time actually uh doing the things that that I want to do that are going to help benefit me and serve myself and my higher uh purpose and my my higher good reading a little bit more a little bit more you know and a little bit more so yeah I guess I would just say that that's that's the news information what's going on with me so you, if you haven't seen me active and promoting the episodes and you know on social media and doing the, you know posting things it's I'm not dead I I'm just uh Obviously, I'm not dead. I'm talking right now. I'm just taking a break. I'm going to take a 30-day break. I think it's been two weeks now. And um, I'll report back on how I feel. I think I'll, maybe I'll do an episode about how I, felt, I feel about it. So far, so good. So far, I'm feeling like I'm increasing the space of, of a little bit more um, calmness and a little bit more peace. 
So that's my shtick. That's my spiel for today. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Go check out Altered States Integration. And uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast with my friend Toby. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. But uh, did you used to go to a lot of clubs or do you? Yes, I used to be a club kid for sure. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? I grew up here. Oh, you did? You grew up in Denver? Yeah. All right. Denver native. I think you were the first on the show. I wasn't born here. All right. Well, we can edit that part out. (laughs) Colorado native. No, I was born in Washington, D.C. Oh, D.C. Okay. D.C. born. And then we moved here when I was like three. And then you were, oh, okay. okay. Well, then, then, you know, that counts. I mean, people in Denver really like, or Colorado in general, they're really about their native pride. Yeah. More so than anywhere else that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. everyone in Texas is happy to be from Texas, but, like, everyone from Colorado, they're like, I'm a native. I think it's because it's so awesome here and it's so beautiful that, like, people really want to make sure that they, they're like, you're an outsider. You didn't, you didn't help create this. We did. That's my hypothesis. Yeah, but it just just seems dumb to me. I know, yeah. Yeah. No one grew up here, like, originally. Right. Yeah, we're all from somewhere else. Yeah, and that's what makes, like, our country great. So why are you, like, being elitist about it? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. You know what's weird is, like, I've heard people say this, uh, but I've never encountered anyone because, like, I just moved here a year ago, and I'm from New York. So I feel like I'm like a stereotypical like douchebag asshole that moves here and like people don't want here. Like oh, some New York guy coming moving into here. But uh, I haven't I've never experienced like anybody being like nasty towards me or anything. If you want to be nasty towards me, message me, DM me on Instagram. DM talk me shit. On Instagram. Yeah. Like you're not from Colorado. <laughs> yeah, talk shit on Instagram. So anyway, yeah, that's so you so yeah, you grew up here and so you were hitting the clubs, you were you were a club kid. Yeah, I was a club kid um, for a while. Um, I think that was like my introduction to like music and music culture was through clubs. Mm-hmm. Is that how you got into psychedelics? I mean, yeah, I took my psychedelic for a first time at a club. Which one? Um, Beta Downtown. Which psychedelic? Oh, LSD. LSD at Beta Downtown. Shout yes. out to Beta. Shout out to LSD. Shout out to Albert Hoffman. Yeah, shout out to Albert Hoffman for <laughs> real though. Yeah. 
Yeah, my first uh, big profound psychedelic experience was with LSD. It's uh, I feel like that seems to be the one that does the trick for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I don't know if like the club was like the profound part, but like the music, like the introspection was definitely profound about it. Yeah. Oh, so you you had a really positive experience? Yeah. I mean, I had a, like I don't know if that was the big one, but I had some like heart opening experiences with LSD. And just, I don't know, very introspective for me. And I don't know if I was very introspective at that time in my life. And it was really, I think, important as like a catalyst for growth. How old were you? I was 21 when I, I don't know, I was really sad. I just got out of like a big breakup, probably like the first big breakup. And I was like lost. And I don't know, I think I found it right when I needed some guidance in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, were you like kind of maybe like calling that in? Like, and that's how it found you. Cause like a lot of people say, and, and I, I think I'm a believer in this is, is like psychedelics kind of find you when you need them. Yeah, no, I definitely have heard people say that. And I don't think that's false. Like I definitely needed some kind of guidance and I, I was like stuck in life. And I think psychedelics are really great tools to get you unstuck. Were you, um, so you were pretty open to that, like before, had you had previous drug experiences or, uh, like what was your situation like before, uh, that, that experience? Like, it seems like you were positive and open to it, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I've always kind of like been a pothead. Um, that was like my first drug experience. I've never really been a big fan of alcohol. Like I drank for a while, but I don't know if I've ever been like a drinker. And I don't know, we went to the club and it was my 21st birthday. I was sad, my friends were trying to cheer me up. And I don't know, there was almost like a moment of divine synchronicity. One of my friends bought some cocaine and we were going down to the bathroom to do the cocaine. They're like, it's your birthday, you have to do drugs. And I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. I was like, I had smoked pot and like drunk, but I wasn't like into drugs or anything. And then in a moment of divine synchronicity, the bag of coke slips out of my friend's hand and like falls behind the stairs and nobody can grab it. And then the only drugs that my friend can find in the club is LSD. So it felt very synchronistic that it like found me that night. Nice, yeah. That's good. The, the ghost of Albert Hoffman like knocked it away. Knocked it away. He's like, <laughs> He's you, like, don't like need to do you need this instead. Yeah. <laughs> and you will, you will do great things, Toby. Um, yeah, I, I remember Sarah Gale uh, from Zendo talking about um, like how – you know, when was your first psychedelic experience and all this kind of stuff? And she was like, yeah, you know, I did a lot of drugs and it was just all like, just, we were just doing them and it was just all together. And that was kind of my experience too. Was, was that similar to you? Like, did you continue kind of just like doing all kinds of stuff or did you start when, like, when did you start to kind of maybe use it with more intention or purpose or was there a turning point for you? Yeah, most definitely. So for a while, we were definitely just doing drugs. Like we would go out, we would party, and there wasn't like any mindfulness. There wasn't any, like I didn't know anything. And we were like being dangerous, but it wasn't something that I was like aware enough to rely, realize that like taking drugs out, testing them without like weighing them was dumb. And eventually like I went out a lot and I came across, um, I made some friends who were with Dance Safe. And they are harm reduction in the nightlife. So they talk about know your dose, know your drug, um, and they talk a lot about like harm reduction. So some of my friends that I had made were volunteering with Dance Safe, and 
that really spoke to me. And then there was one night when I was at a party at somebody's house that they tested all the drugs. They bust out a test kit, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I didn't know you could do this. Like, you put this on drugs, and it turns colors, and it tells you, like, something about what's inside the drug. Wow, that's really cool. So I think that was, like, my turning point was, like, encountering people who were smarter and more knowledgeable than me that said, were, like, able to show me smarter ways to do it. So I think that was a real turning point for me. Nice. Yeah. Good friends. And thank God for Dance Safe for being a, I think they're one of the best organizations, maybe the best organization in the world, <laughs> like doing, doing the, what they're doing. Because, you know, unfortunately, we live in this prohibitionist, crazy, insane world, and they're saving a lot of people's lives. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Dance Safe. Shout out to Arrowwood as well. Like, yeah education-based knowledge is so important, I think, when it comes to making informed decisions. And it wasn't something that I was given by, like, my parents or by school or anything. And I don't know, that seems sad that, like, the people who told me about these resources were drug users, which is interesting, I guess, that the resources I got were different than what they should have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're so fortunate to live in the time that we do where we can go online and access places like Arrowhead and and others uh for sure what what was uh what was your like family life like were, were your parents like i mean you mentioned that you were like a pothead uh but like are they were they like cool with that or do they know that or how were they towards like drugs and stuff or? oh not really like they were never really about the drugs um i think more recently they've been more about psychedelics as more of the research has come out um, both of my parents are psychologists, so I think like as there's more research into like the benefits of these as psychiatric tools, I think they've been more open towards it. Nice, yeah. And so obviously they know that you're with Psychedelic Club, and you're you you created you helped uh, form Psychedelic Club, right? Yeah. So I helped with the Denver chapter. The Denver um, chapter, yeah. The Denver chapter of the Psychedelic Club. I helped start, and I've been running for the last couple of years. Yeah, and you do such an amazing job. I mean, I love going to the to the events. You always hold the the space really well, and uh, good getting the community together. Good engaging conversations and dialogues, and good questions, and good. Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Questions where you can win things. What is that called? Trivia? Trivia, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> the words escaped me, yeah. Yeah, good trivia. I always like the trivia questions. Um, yeah, so when, when did you get involved with that? It was a couple years ago? Yeah, so June 2016, June, July was when uh, we were first getting involved for Psychedelic Club of Denver. So it started off, it was our first meeting. There's, I don't know, probably eight of us in a dive bar in Denver, the Monkey Bar. Um, was our first meeting. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, on Broadway? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, not Broadway, Santa Fe. Oh, Santa Fe, yeah, Santa Fe, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so that was our first meeting. We met there for a little bit. We had our first bicycle day party there. Cool place. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and now you're, you created um, another uh, project that you're heading, Altered States Integration. Yeah, so that's my newest project. Um, Altered States Integration is like an online integration platform. So as part of my work with Psychedelic Club, we have a monthly peer integration group where you can talk with your peers about your psychedelic experiences and try to integrate them, try to gain some insight from them, hear other people's like perspectives. And then we talk a lot about integration techniques, mindfulness, yoga, journaling, just different ways to get the most out of these experiences. So that's kind of like a continuation of my work on an integration circle to like bring it online. 
I feel really, really grateful that I live in Denver, Colorado, where there's this like great psychedelic community. But I don't know. I feel like these resources should be available to everybody. So um, that's what Altered States Integration tries to offer is online integration resources. So we do a peer integration group, uh, integration group, and then we also do like one-on-one psychedelic coaching. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's awesome that you can do it online because, like you said, there's so many people that don't have access, don't have resources, and don't know people. Um, so it's all it's alteredstatesintegration.com. Is that is that right? And people can go there and sort of poke around and see if they can what get a consultation or how does it work? Yeah. So alteredstatesintegration.com. So we have a lot of different resources on there. We have a blog. Um, we have. Um, some classes upcoming we have some webinars and then we also have a workshop package coming up um, this is we call it vision 2020 is the name that we've come up with it might be a little bit cliched but I think it's a really evocative of what we're trying to do is we're trying to help you get some insight into your experience so this workshop package it kind of gives you the prep work we get to know you we help you with integration we go over intention setting um, like the homework almost I call it like your pre-trip checklist like how do you create a safe space you're gonna have a trip sitter stuff like that we go over all those important things with you and then we have a session where we try to discover like stumbling blocks like what are things that you might have trouble with like what might come up in the altered state where might you not be successful and then we provide a break you go take your altered state experience and then we provide our integration services afterwards so that's something we're launching in the new year Awesome. Congrats on that. That's that sounds awesome and much needed. Such a, like a needed service. I think a lot of people hear integration or the word seems to be going around a lot. But um, maybe you could explain a little bit and start off with like, how did you first learn about integration? Because when I first started dabbling in psychedelics, I didn't know anything about integration. And it was like new to me. Um, and and, uh, and then once I started learning about it, I was like, well, this is really helpful. Uh, so how did that play out for you? So I really think the important connection I made, you talked about Sarah Gale earlier. And Sarah Gale um, started the Zendo Project. And the Zendo Project is psychedelic first aid at music festivals. So I think that was really the pivotal piece that I had learned about Dance Safe. And then I was at a festival and I learned about Zendo Project. And I kind of connect with some people at Zendo Project. And Zendo Project, I volunteered with them for the past four years. I think it's going to be my fifth year offering psychedelic first aid with Zendo Project. And that, I think, was really the important thing. I met a lot of people who were aware of, like, mindfulness and, like, intention. So I think that was my first exposure to integration as a concept was, like, through the Zendo Project and how do you integrate these experiences. And it just really has called to me as an idea. Like, I think it's really easy to have, you have these big psychedelic experiences, but it's really hard to make changes just in general I think changes like that are long and lasting are really hard and like you still have work on Monday like you had this big huge opening experience but like you still have work on Monday and rents due on the first so you can't really like go all kumbaya and be like okay I'm gonna quit my job I'm gonna travel around the country like making tie-dye like maybe that would definitely make you more happy but is that really realistic so integration is about how do you like make these changes in like a lasting real way yeah, because you could have big, profound experiences that really deconstruct everything you thought you knew about the world and your identity, and now you have to go into work. I've I've seen some uh, some funny memes. You've probably seen them too, like guy wearing like a dragon costume at the gas station, like pumping gas. It's like, you know, when you had a big psychedelic journey over the weekend, and now you're on your way to work or something like that. So, 
Yeah, it's and it's it is kind of yeah plugging back into like normal consciousness, the normal state of consciousness, the normal flow of reality, right? Yeah, because I think if you can't access these insights gained in your day to day, what's the point? Like otherwise, you're having these big experiences, but at that if there's no like lasting change. You're just like engaging in, I don't know, spiritual bypass, um, psychedelic masturbation. I don't know what you want to call it. But like, and we, I think we all know those people who just every weekend they're taking a huge dose of psychedelics, but there's no mindfulness. There's no pondering. There's no, how does this change and affect me? There's just, let's go do it again. So wh- what was it like for you? Like your first, um, or maybe you could share like, if you feel comfortable sharing maybe like a big experience that you had and then integrating that afterwards, like walking walking me through like what that, what that looked like for you. Yeah, of course. So I don't know. I think um, at least with psychedelics, I've had a couple like peak experiences. And the one that comes to mind right now is an experience I had um, where I was gratitude. It was more than just like me feeling grateful. I was in this place of being like gratitude. I embodied gratitude. And that felt really, really powerful when I was there. Just like wonderful. Like I would exist forever as great being gratitude. Gratitude's such great energy. But then after like in the back end of the experience, I was like me again. And that's kind of hard to like come back to not being boundless gratitude. That's really hard so I don't know integration is really difficult like but I did a lot of like gratitude yoga and I can still like feel like I can access that place if I like practice being grateful I feel like I can revisit that place so I think it's really important integration is like a way to like find a tie back to that experience so whether like I did gratitude yoga to like cultivate that feeling of gratitude but maybe journaling like so you have like a physical piece you like right look back on like i just think some ties back to the experience to like your default reality is really really important part of like that integration yeah definitely and it can come in many forms right like you said like journaling or maybe drawing or sketching or painting or um you know playing some music or doing something that sort of reminds you of of that of that place. Yeah, I love art as an integration tool because then you have something physical. You have like a physical symbol of your experience. And like that's part of at least the holotropic breath work I've done is at the end of the holotropic breath work, you make a piece of art, at least in the ones I've done, and then you share your piece of art. I think that's great that you have this visual representation of this transpersonal experience and then you share about it. Yeah, I've never done holotropic breath work. I've, I, for a while I did, uh, I, I, bought the Wim Hof course, which is a sort of a different kind of thing, I guess. But Wim Hof is ice baths, right? Yeah, yeah. So he does um, a breathing technique and then ice baths and it's all about, you know, gaining control over the nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous uh, or the sympathetic nervous system and um, uh, if I remember that correctly, I think someone will correct me, but but uh, but yeah, I, I haven't done it in a, in a while. But I I was doing it for for a little bit, and I know uh, Kyle and Joe run those workshops, psychedelics today. Uh, what was that like? What was the holo- what was holotropic breathwork like? So I've done holotropic breathwork, and I've done some cannabis breathwork, and both of them were surprisingly psychedelic. Like I went very far for using just my breath or just my breath plus cannabis. Um, I don't know. Hard to put into words. Um, I, the biggest takeaway from my, one of the holotropic breathworks, I think, was itchy. It was like the sensation of being itchy. 
and I don't know it was something that I have like eczema always so like my skin is very itchy and it felt so I just felt like instead of like trying to run away from the itchy I was able to like sit there and like bathe in it it wasn't like comfortable but I felt like there was definitely like some energetic shift afterwards Mm. did you feel like a sense of euphoria or uh, was there anything else associated with it because yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just interested. I uh, I don't really know too much about holotropic breathwork. No, so at least on this one no, experience, I felt itchy. Yeah, just itchy. Just itchy. That was like my big takeaway. And maybe it was a little disappointing that people that I was doing holotropic breathwork were like, yeah, I turned into a dragon and flew around. And I'm like, man, I just sat and like dealt with my, my itchiness. But afterwards, I felt much better. It felt like something had been processed and like a weight had been lifted. So that was the big takeaway. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up because I've had several experiences like that. Um, a few times on ayahuasca, I remember I drank a large cup and I was sitting there and nothing happened. Nothing happened to me. And it was like so surprising. I went and talked with one of the uh, facilitators who was facilitating the ceremony. And he was like, you know, maybe that was maybe maybe something did happen. You're just not really aware of it, you know, because it's always working on, a, on an inner level. But yeah, sometimes I think we're looking for this like big fireworks show and this kind of like euphoric blissful thing, but sometimes you're just itchy for a couple hours, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think we're always looking for these huge, like peak positive experiences, but I think like sometimes difficult, uncomfortable experiences, like you do some really important work too, like face some shadow work. And I think Mm -hmm. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary too. I feel like a lot of people don't, you know, you brought up spiritual bypassing before. Like I I think it's possible to do a lot of psychedelic work and still attach to like, or maybe still drive your car past the shadow realm, you know, in in a sense. I don't know if it's like always possible to avoid it, but uh, yeah, that's a big part of it too, right? Like integrating the shadow going into those dark places yeah is going into those dark places maybe even without judgment right and just see what is there and i don't know i think a lot of times like those dark places have judgment associated with them right so i think a lot of the times like it's important to just take a look see what's there um and i don't know i think art is a great tool for like looking at your shadow side and seeing how it feels to like play there a little bit maybe bring some light to that dark yeah that's such a good point for sure. I think it's it's all about how we relate to it, right? Like, you know, our our dialogue with the shadow side and the, our relationship with the shadow side. If it's baked and ensconced in fear and worry and anxiety and we're showing up that way, then it's kind of going to remain that way until we show up in a different way. What do you think? Yes, most definitely. Um one of the principles from Zendo Project is difficult, not the same as bad. And I really resonate with that in general, but also like in the psychedelic world that a lot of times if you set aside like this attachment to having like a good experience and you just see what's there, like these psychedelic experiences might be difficult, but difficult experiences offer a lot of opportunity for growth if flame, framed correctly. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's potential for growth and i think we all like i want to grow you want to grow right um do you think what else what else can we gain from the experiences like other than growth i mean i I, growth is a great thing but 
can it, is it is it like limitless growth? Is there is there a cap? Is there a glass ceiling on growth, or is there always something around the corner? Maybe something hiding that we didn't see. You know, I think journeying, being a psychonaut, and journeying and having a lot of psychedelic experiences, there's sometimes a tendency to be like, oh, cool, like I'm healed, I'm good, like I've 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 made it through the storm, and you're cruising along, and it's a nice sunny day until you know a couple of weeks later, and you're like, oh shit, I, there's that thing I didn't see. You know, is there, is there, have you had experience with that? Like, have you? I mean, I think there's always work to be done. Yeah. I think one of the traps that's easy to fall into with psychedelics is the idea that you're there, you're enlightened, I did it. And then like you're stuck in this place of ego, right? Where you're so enlightened and it's hard to be doing the work if you're like sitting in the work you're like talking about, thinking about how you're already there. So I think it's always really important to like, the process that is what I think is really important. Like I do a lot of yoga and I think that's really taught me to embrace like the process and not like look for a goal. Like I think there's always work to be done. There's always growth to be attained. And I think a lot of the time you come back to these lessons that you thought you had learned and you have this new perspective that offers new depth and something you didn't see the first time. You're like, aha, I know this lesson, but then you come back to it with this new perspective and it's different, more expansive. I think a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, Maybe the uh, what I said before was a little confusing or something because I was like, I was just thinking about these times where you sort of it's like I don't know going on a hike and then you reach the top, you know, and you're like, oh, this is great, like I'm here, uh, but then you got to go back down and you know you got to go about things and um, yeah, but there, the, the, I think that's a nice feeling to have because you don't always want to be like, oh, I got to do more work, I got to do more work, like do, I think that's a thing too is like getting like a, addicted to the healing and the work and the growth. It's like, oh, I got to go in more. I got to do more. I got to be better. I got to be perfect. I got to, I got to find all my demons and kill them all. And, you know, um, yeah, like being addicted to, like, I'm wondering if you, if you see this as well, because it's definitely something that I noticed, like, I wish I had a good word for it, but people that get into psychedelics and they, and they're do and they're in it with intention and they want to grow and they want to heal but then it's like it's like never ending and it's like becomes serious it's like i got to do the work i got to do the work you know when it's like it could be fun and it could be an enjoyable too yeah i think enjoyment is an important part of this yeah i've definitely seen that phenomenon too where somebody's always trying to like dig deep right and it becomes a really serious effort right where you're always trying and then you maybe even are over indulging in psychedelics or maybe every time if there's just like not a deep experience you're dissatisfied and i think it's really important to like embrace play like not every time has to be this big deep mystical experience yeah totally i mean because like start and especially when you're starting out like using them recreationally i mean it's fun it's fun you know there's a lot there's so much fun and love associated with psychedelics too and then there's also doing the work so there's like i mean i just like anything like music there's so many genres you know, psychedelics have many genres as well genres of psychedelics and then genres within the, the psychedelics themselves um would you consider yourself a psychonaut i hate that word uh. I don't know why I hate that word. Did I trigger you? I'm sorry. No, I just don't know if I think it's the most descriptive word of 
the experience and maybe i'm like wrong here maybe it's like explorer of inner spaces like psychonaut i just feel like there's a more apt less druggy term to be using as somebody who's interested in these things like i'm really interested in psychedelics because they're transpersonal tools right they like can be applied in transpersonal psychology and like jungian psychology so i don't know like i'm interested in them as like lenses to explore consciousness i don't know if that makes me a psychonaut oh yeah you're a lensonaut a lensonaut <laughs> that sounds horrible i mean it's like what we got to think of a better word we got to think of some new words but yeah yeah i don't i don't use that that word either um and i wouldn't consider myself to be one uh but yeah, so your parents are psychiatrists, you said? Psychologists. Psychologists, okay. Did you study that as well in school? or? So I always like grew up and I'm like, I'm not going to be a psychologist. Why would I do that? And right now I'm actually applying for a master's program as a counselor. So yes, I guess I want to grow up to be a drug psychedelic psychologist when that's an option. Um, which is never something I thought I would say. I never thought I would do the same thing as my parents, but here I am. Well, I got you on record here admitting that, so yeah. Yeah, show that to them. They'll <laughs> yeah. be thrilled. They'll be thrilled, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's 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 fucking awesome that now I I wish that I sort of had any inkling that this was a possibility when I was entering into school. I mean, I guess there's always the opportunity to go back, but I'm not going to do that. But but the opportunity now for people in psychology uh, is to get into altered states and transpersonal work and, and this stuff. I mean, there's a university dedicated to this, Naropa, uh, and several others, uh, CIS uh, uh, in um, San Francisco, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And others? And others, yeah. I mean, I wish that I knew this was a possibility. Like, I have a bachelor's degree in computers like not really applicable, I'm making a switch, but I wish I knew that this was, and I mean, maybe this is just something that's emerging, like this, maybe this wasn't an option when I first started in college. Right, yeah, but it's well, a good thing it is emerging. Yeah, yeah, and I feel really blessed. I feel like I'm at the perfect time. Um, like if I'm in th school for three more years, I feel like that puts me right around when we have a chance to see MDMA becoming um, a prescription as well as FDA for like a treatment, f FDA approval for psilocybin as a treatment for depression. Like both of those are, forecasted to be around three years out mm -hmm. so maybe perfect time for me to be getting into this field yeah totally and you're still young so you know this it's it's all good it works out yeah plenty of time plenty of time what's um i mean these are all really exciting things and obviously like 2019 was such an exciting year you know we decriminalized mushrooms here in denver and many other things are going on now we're entering into 2020 what do you what's like really exciting for you right now in in this world in the psychedelic altered states world um yeah so 2019 was a huge year for psychedelics i think it was a catalyst for a decade that we're going to see a lot of things happen so i'm really excited for like the long-term view like what is this decade going to offer this psychedelic renaissance like i think we're really into it now and i'm curious to see what happens like the last time we had the psychedelic renaissance there was this big backlash are we going to see something like that again and i don't know really exciting to see decriminalize like denver and decriminalize oakland transform into this like nationwide decriminalized nature movement like i see so many cities now that have a decriminalized nature movement so i'm really excited to see how that happens in the future like, can we make a move as a country to, like, decriminalize nature, decriminalize all drugs? Like, 
I think those are on the table. Like we even have like some presidential candidates like Yang talking about decriminalizing all drugs. So that's pretty cool. Like that wouldn't have even been on the table 10 years ago. Yeah, it's so cool. And I think things are really moving a lot faster. And I think it's just because like everybody is just constantly connected to the internet everywhere, wherever you go. So the message can spread faster and little pockets can pop up. Little psychedelic clubs can pop up in different places. Little decriminalization efforts can pop up in different places. So yeah, I mean, I, I know like McKenna's talked about this and a lot of other people have talked about it, like the, the, the fusion of the internet and psychedelics into this sort of like philosopher's stone for a new emergence of human consciousness and renaissance it's fucking exciting yeah the internet's like such a cool tool for sharing knowledge and communication about these things like before the mechanics had to write a book about like mushroom growers guide now you just post it on reddit and people can see it immediately you have this cool new tech to grow mushrooms you have this tech to isolate psilocybin post it on the internet and people can read about it and try it and be like man this was really cool but i did this differently and this happened so i just think that like all this knowledge sharing really accelerates like how fast we can learn about these things if we have people who are willing to do it in like a scientific manner like try this write down what see what happens and like post about it and then gather other people's anecdotes talk about it and i think these little pockets like these communities to share experiences are really really important yeah definitely no uh, for sure and um yeah i'm always learning new stuff like there's i feel like every day I've, i'm so fucking cliche to say every day you learn something new but i do and uh like like just what you said do you can you recall like anything that sticks out in your mind of uh, something that exciting that you learned new, of, like how to do something or grow something or change something or? Uh... Yeah, I mean, this week in general, I've been learning about cactuses. It yeah, feels like yeah, yeah, this yeah. has been the cactus week. So last night, we, I saw you. At, or we were at a psychedelic professionals. Yeah, night, NOAC. Yeah. NOAC Society. Mm -hmm. And we were learning about cactuses. And before I went to that, I was planting some cactuses with my friends. So this week, at least, I've been learning a lot about San Pedro, how to take care of them, um, the different like species and genomes. So that's been like the theme this week. And I don't really know a lot about cactus, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Same. I feel like I really learned a lot last night. And I got a little cacti over there who's... You know, he's hanging on. I got to take care of him a little bit better. But, but yeah, really, uh, don't, like, I think, I don't know, maybe ayahuasca and mushrooms are kind of like my, my wheelhouse or what I know the most about and what I've done the most. Um, but, yeah, what about for you? Um, LSD, I feel like, has always been the psychedelic that's vibed with me. Mushrooms make my tummy upset. Um, I don't know. Um, I microdose LSD sometimes, and it really, really helps me with like creativity and just like mindfulness. Just being like aware that I run my thoughts, not the other way around. What about DMT? Ooh, yes, I like DMT. Um, I wish I knew more chemistry. Um, I heard it's not very hard to make. Um, I was microdosing DMT for a while, and I really enjoyed that. Um, it felt very grounding. I would like do a little DMT in the morning and do some meditation and some yoga, and that was wonderful for a while. Wow. Yeah, I've I've only had a little experience with it, and I just feel I've I haven't really been super like pulled to it or called to it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to learn a little bit more about some of your experiences. But you you said that you used to 
micro and, and meditate, uh, micro and yoga. Micro yoga, micro meditate micro in the meditate, morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just take a little bit of the uh, DMT powder. I smoke like cannabis extract a lot for various reasons. And I would just put a little bit of DMT with my morning cannabis. And that really felt helpful. It felt very grounding, very healing. And it's very short, but I just felt very grounded for the rest of my day. Nice. Yeah. Wow. You said for various reasons. What are, what are some of the reasons? Um, I don't know. I feel like cannabis makes me more creative. It makes me more active. Um, I really like cannabis and yoga as a combination. I feel like it makes me more flexible mm-hmm. and open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I, I haven't done much yoga, but, uh, I, I like to smoke and, and meditate. Uh, yeah, I feel like that that's a good connection. Yeah, it's the same thing with yoga too, like yeah. that mindfulness, body meditation. It's a meditation. That, yeah. that movement meditation plus cannabis just feels so nice to me to like be able to sink into that movement. Yeah. Nice. What's your what's like your favorite Well, I guess you kind of already answered that question. I'm going to say cannabis, right? Like that's that's your favorite. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a little pothead. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's such, such it's such an amazing plant, and it has so many uses and applications. You know, it's 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 a really wonderful plant. Yeah, most definitely. I, um, in general, I really have a hard time eating. Um, I was on prescription ADHD meds as a kid, and I really think that interfered with my body's like ability to Adderall. Yeah, Adderall, yeah, too, Vyvanse, yeah. Ritalin, mm. oh, yes. a bunch of different prescription amphetamines for a Terrible. long time. And I really think that that negatively impacted my body's ability to tell me that I'm hungry. So I don't feel like I ever really get hungry, like signals in my body. Wow, still? Still, yeah. Holy like, shit! How been, long were you uh, taking it for? I don't know, probably ten years. Ten years yeah. daily. Yeah, daily for a long time. How many milligrams? I don't know. Um, like a mid- medium dose. Yeah. But yeah, I still don't feel like I really get hungry in the same way that normal people do. Mm. Um, sometimes if I like when I smoke cannabis, I can feel hungry, but I don't think without like THC, I ever feel really hungry. Wow. So that's the predominant like reason I think I consume it. I'm feeling a little hungry right now, and I'm getting that sensation um, that happens right in the center of like my body when I'm when I'm hungry and like right in my center of my gut or intestines or wherever I'm pointing to right here because uh, I haven't eaten in like five hours so I'm feeling my body's like we got to eat we haven't eaten so you don't experience that yeah so I don't get like if I smoke some wow I'll feel that but like without like that I think it's like 36 hours or something I'll feel like hunger pains like I'll feel like and then I'll be like, man, when did the last time I eat? And then I have to like go back and do the math. And I'm like, man, I haven't eaten in 48 hours. And I'm like, well, I should probably go eat. So you don't like reg, you don't have like regular meals or, or like, whatever. I try to, yeah. but I don't know. My body never really wants food. And well, you're in good shape. Oh, I'm just ridiculously skinny. I don't yeah, know if I mean, that means well, I'm in good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, is yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I try to. Um, I do a lot of hot yoga, so I try to stay in shape. I like movement um, in general. But do you like? Do you food. like food though? Mm, no, not really. I don't like have this emotional attachment with food that everyone else seems to Whoa. have. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, I mean, I. Yeah, I, I've I've had uh, definitely like when I was experiencing bouts of depression, like food would be sort of a real go-to comfort for me, like emotional 
support and comfort and I've definitely put on a lot of weight in the past and still I'm trying to kind of, you know, cut back a little bit, but wow. Um, and so you, this is attributed to, uh, your medicated youth. Yeah, I think so. I think that a lot of my formative years were spent under the influence of amphetamines, which interfere with the hunger signals. And I just think that that part of my brain doesn't wire the way that it should. Right. What about neurologically? Anything like, do you, is it just that? Or do you think 10 years of, of taking those meds had any other effects? Oh, I mean, I'm sure it had other effects. I don't know what it is, but like if I wasn't... Nothing ADHD, noticeable. Yeah. I mean, if I wasn't ADHD in the first place, I definitely am after 10 years of amphetamine use. Mm. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think that that's even really a real thing, ADHD? I don't know. I read this really interesting article that Sweden has like i think it was 90 something percent less um rate of diagnosing adhd that um they have other things like they let the kids go outside they change like different education for the kids that are bored so i think that who knows i think it very well might be a manufactured um illness and i've read articles that's from people who said maybe that that's true um, from like doctors and stuff that have talked about like the history of it. So I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I, I mean, I, I definitely lean towards the side of saying that it's it's totally a manufactured thing. I mean, I guess because that's what kids want to do. Like kids want to be outside. Kids want to play. Kids want to be creative. Kids want to draw. They want to act. They want to sing. They want to dance. They want to, you know, when oftentimes I take a psychedelic, I feel very childlike too, you know, and like, man, I'm in this like infinite, abundant, creative realm and I just feel goofy and silly and I want to play and be free and wild and like a kid, you know, like a kid. And when I look at like my nieces and nephews, they're wide eyed and curious and like, yeah, I mean, I think that in order to kind of keep this game that we got going on, like school and consumerism and this whole racket that you kind of have to say that the kids you know you're like hey if you want to adapt to this dominant status quo story uh the best way to do that is amphetamines for the kids have them with your cheerios you know so yeah i i I think it's a kind of a a fucked up thing to be giving kids methamphetamine and then people like look at what you know you can't even feel when you're hungry that's crazy yeah i don't know i really pharmaceutical industry pharmaceuticals um yeah and I don't know, like psychedelics definitely give me that like childlike sense of wonder. I think that's the main like experience I have is like being able to be like find the magic again with psychedelics. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you, um, you know, you're at every meeting at, at the psychedelic club. You're there. You're and when when I, when I've attended and I've noticed that like, there's always some people there that have never experienced psychedelics. Maybe it's sometimes it's older people and they're like, I've never, you know, I read Michael Pollan's book. I never knew. And I came here. Do you get, um, do like people come up to you and start asking you questions? I mean, I'm sure you probably get questions a lot, uh, being in your position. Like what are some of, of the common ones that you, that you get about? I mean, the question I get the most yeah. is, where can I buy where drugs? Where can I buy drugs? And I'm yeah. like, I can't help you buy drugs. Don't yeah. buy drugs. Yeah. Um, but after that, I think a lot of people read Michael Pollan's book and they want like a guided experience. Right. And I think that's hard to find a guided experience. Mm. So I think that's probably the second most common question I get is, how do I find a guided experience? 
And then after that, I have a lot of like, I think knowledge-based questions, like set and setting questions, like safety questions, um, trip sitter questions. I think I get a lot of like, how, like, what is a trip sitter? How do I find a trip sitter? Um, and there's a lot of good resources on the internet about how to be a good trip sitter. Zeno Project has a great collection of resources on how to effectively help people and hold space for them to have a psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I, I know before when you were, you were talking a little bit about, uh, I mean, I think trip sitting kind of falls into this, uh, realm as well, but just, uh, the psychedelic uh, with altered states integration, kind of, you know, the prep and uh, everything that goes on into it. I was wondering maybe if you could just kind of like describe a little bit more about the sort of nose to tail, if you will, like process of trip sitting and integrating, you know, just from kind of like um, an objective uh, point of view, if you will. Yeah. So I think trip sitting is like the opposite of a guide like a guide curates this experience for you like this is an ayahuascaro or something they like have the music and a trip sitter is the opposite of that they are uninfluenceable they are just there to make sure that you're safe um and i think that really really can be important to like just let somebody sink in and surrender in an experience it's just knowing that somebody's there to watch over you and I don't know. So creating a safe space, I think, is really, really important um, to having a space for the psychedelic experience to take place. And I don't know, different people have different ideas of safety, right? Somebody might be so happy to be in nature and then somebody else be like, hell no, I want to be inside in my bed with running water and a real toilet like fuck this camping bullshit like <laughs> yeah so i think it's really really important to have this conversation with your trip sitter ahead of time maybe your trip sitter is your friend and you know them already but i think just like having this honest conversation with whoever is going to be your trip sitter about why you're taking the substance like are you just trying to have fun like fun is a totally acceptable intention so i don't know um, a lot of what we talk about with altered states is like this pre-trip checklist. Like, do you have an intention? Um, what are you trying to get out of this experience? And I think they talk that w- over with your trip sitter because your experience is going to look different depending on what your intention is. Like, if you're trying to have this medicinal experience, maybe you want like some eye shades. You lie in bed. You have like a playlist curated that's like trying to fit the vibe that you're looking for. Yeah. Well, I love that you said fun is a perfectly acceptable intention because I feel like some people might might disagree with that, but I don't. And it's like, yeah, if you're I think it was uh, I think Pollen actually brings this up in his book about Bob Jesse saying how psychedelics can be amazing tools for healing trauma and the people that suffer. But. Uh, you know, Bob Jesse says they could also be amazing tools for the betterment of the well. So if you're somebody that's pretty good and you don't have a lot of demons and trauma or PTSD and things like that, you just want to have an experience or you want to, or you're well-versed and you've had a lot of experiences and you're just like, I want to have fun. That's okay too, right? Yeah. I think that's one of the great things about psychedelics is you can be like, I want to have fun. And then while you're having fun, fun is healing. Play is so healing. Like there's a reason that play therapy is a thing. And while you're having fun, I think you can heal. And I don't think, I think a lot of people talk about it like it's mutually exclusive. Like, oh, if you're having fun, you're not doing any work. But sometimes enjoying life is work, right? Practicing enjoying life seems like a pretty good 
experience to me, right? Like practicing joy, like, and a lot of the time I feel like these experiences you have in the psychedelic state, you can then take them into your default reality, hopefully, where maybe if you can be more joyful in the psychedelic state, you can then model, use that as a model for how to be more grateful or joyful in your day to day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You brought up transpersonal a couple times. So are you a big fan of Stanislav Grof? Like, yes. I yeah, really, really like guy? Yeah. I like Stanislav Grof. Um, I'm really, really interested in specifically like his work on LSD psychotherapy. Just a lot of what he's written about LSD psychotherapy is so, so fascinating to me. And I think that's really why I'm interested in helping people with integrate experiences and why I'm drawn to like being a psychedelic therapist as a career path, hopefully, is because of a lot of the Grof that I've read. And I need to get his new two-parter, um, The Way of the Psychonaut. I have oh, not yeah, read that yeah, one I haven't yet. read that, yeah. Um, it's nice and intimidating. Very <laughs> thick. <laughs> nice. What, uh, what, what are some, some parts of his work that really kind of stands out to you or have stuck with you, some things that maybe you've taken away from it that you, um, you know, uh, try and infuse into your life and your practices and work? I guess, like, one of the things that really inspires me about Groff is, like, how invested he is in this transpersonal like space exploration of like this transpersonal space he starts off he's an lsd psychotherapist and he's using that as a tool to explore these big like transpersonal spaces where i don't know it's very ethereal these aren't like experiences that are put into words very easily that's a hard thing to study and then lsd makes it pretty easy to have these like big transpersonal like ethereal experiences then the government bans lsd and i feel like for most people that would be the end of their work right they did work with the substance the substance is banned they go do something else but he develops holotropic breath work this breath work that's designed to introduce like altered states which i just find so fascinating that he is so invested in like the exploring these states that he figures out a different way to induce these than this substance that he's been studying for years so that's like i think just like how invested he is at like exploring these spaces that really inspires me oh yeah he's he's a brilliant you know pioneer and innovator i mean it's amazing the body is psychedelic the breath is psychedelic. Like The breath is so psychedelic. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like I've been engaging in deep with meditation and yoga is like using the breath as a tool in these psychedelic spaces. Like anybody who hasn't tried meditating on psychedelics should definitely try that. Yeah, definitely. And the, yeah, it, I can't emphasize it enough that coming back to your breath, it's like, um, it's like a, like a, like a dial or like a like a lever or switch or something that you can kind of ground yourself a little bit more and kind of come back to center and, and be more with the experience and not be off in crazy land and, you know, kind of just be like, okay, like the breath is such a good uh, regulator. Uh, would, would you say it's like something like that or maybe it's something more? Oh, yeah. No, I would fully agree with what you say that like – the breath is such a good tool to like ground down and then I think move those energies through you. Like I think psychedelics really can bubble up some things and I think your breath helps you sit with whatever bubbles up and then move through it, right? Let go of what doesn't serve you. And I think that's been one of like the big takeaways from my yoga practice has been using the breath as a tool. And I think that expands to psychedelic states as well is it's so grounding. Like your psychedelic experience is so overwhelming, like return to your breath. And I think it guides your experience, like, if you can just focus on that. Yeah. Do you think maybe this is something that a lot of people don't know? And, and uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, 
what is there anything maybe that you think that uh, is either like a common misconception or just something that maybe a lot of people don't know and maybe that you know and you'd like to share and, and kind of tell people about? Is there anything that comes to your mind that you, that you can think of about in that realm? I don't know. Um, I just think in general, like, I guess returning to like the trip sitter concept, I think just being there for people, just uh, being, I'm here with you is one of the things that I think really resonates with me is that that's something, that's all that a trip sitter is, is you're just there with them and you're, you're a witness and you're not trying to like help them like push away negative thoughts. Like something negative comes up as a trip sitter. You're just there with you. You, you witness that. You're like, oh, that sounds really tough. Can I like help you? Do you want to hug? Like, do you just want to talk about it? Do you just want to cry about it? Like, so I, I don't know. I think just like that's one of the big takeaways for me and my Zendo project work is just that idea of being present with somebody is you're being this grounded, safe space for somebody to be like, hey, I'm here with you. Like, you're okay. And I think that's so huge to hear sometimes that when you're in like a difficult psychedelic experience to hear that like your friend is like, hey, man, it's okay. Yeah. I'm here with you. Like, yeah. it's all yeah. it's all okay. It's so simple and so easy. I mean, we all have everyone. Hopefully everyone has friends. I mean, I guess I feel bad for people that don't. But but if those of us fortunate to have friends and if you don't have friends, check it out. Friends is good. Friends are friends are great. You should get some friends. Uh, But but it's so it's like just yeah, just being there. I mean, I remember so many times that I was in an experience where someone would just come up to me and and be like, uh, you know, hey, you're uh, you're doing okay. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I am. I am. Oh okay. my God, yeah, I'm here and you're here, and it's like, it's so supportive and it's it's a simple concept, but I think everything that we've been talking about, it's you know, psychedelics don't exist in and of themselves to do anything in this like vacuum. We ingest them and form this kind of symbiotic relationship with them or this partnership, this communion with them. And we're also doing that when we get together. Like we were talking about in the beginning of the show, remote podcast versus the one we're doing now where I'm sitting in front of you and we're talking. It's like, we're here. Like, here we are. Here we all are. And uh, and if we're in this work, uh, yeah, I think that's important to find the others. And I think that's what Psychedelic Club has has, has done. I mean, I know that's what it's done. That's been such a, a, an important part of my life, too. Um, you know, just bringing people together and being there for people. And then all of the other ancillary pieces that go along with that, whether it's the trip sitting, holding space, you know, integration work, um, or just being there to listen to a friend. Yeah, no, I really agree with what you said, and I love that you said find the others, because I really think that that's a lot of what I'm passionate about is community building and finding the others, and I feel like I really, really had that experience with Zendo Project of finding the others, of finding other people who are interested in these substances and helping people in difficult experiences. So I don't know, I've really been inspired by like psychedelic communities, and I think they're so so important to spread knowledge, like we were talking about in the beginning like Dan Safe and Arrowwood for like spreading knowledge. So I don't know, that's really what I feel like one of Psychedelic Club's missions is, is spreading knowledge, like spreading this education-based knowledge, not this like propaganda, but here's like some real facts. And I don't know, culture in general just really fascinates me, like intentional culture, like Terrence says, culture's not your friend. And I feel like in general he's true, but what happens if we make like a culture that doesn't suck? Like what would that look like? Oh, totally. I'm right there with you. I mean, I think that... This is is what we see playing out, right? It is we are developing a culture, 
by going to NOAC meetings, by going to psychedelic club meetings, by going to uh, concerts and shows and going on hikes and being with friends. And it's like there's a culture that's forming there. And then the decriminalization culture, the culture of decriminalization, the, it's entering into kind of the public consciousness. And so the way I think that things move the needle isn't necessarily from top-down hierarchical centralized authority figures mandating rules, laws, and regulations – Maybe we need them to help kind of pull that lever, but grassroots, voluntary, spontaneous organization of just people who are passionate and love psychedelics and love love and love people. Yeah, there's a quote. Um, I don't remember who it's by, but I have it on my wall, and it says the only way that things are going to happen is with a small group of passionate people, and that's really resonated with me. Like I feel like I used to feel powerless, and then a small group of me and my friends and other passionate people like came together and we formed decriminalized Denver and we did something that's huge. So I don't know, just that's been what part of my journey has been really finding a sense of empowerment that we are the change, right? That these connections and communities we're building are important in making changes in the world. Yeah. And, and you and I, uh, and, uh, people like Travis and, and everybody else, we have all seen this firsthand and, you know, I feel like I moving here in last January was like kind of like a, a newbie into it, but welcomed with open arms. And just it was just I'm still just always amazed by it because I think the outside looking in, maybe people think, oh, it was like this. Who knows what it was? But it was just people that really cared and came together. And so the reason why I say that is just because, you know, for people listening, it's like you can do it, too. Like we can all do it if you want to do it, you can do it. And you get together with other people that want to do it and you just start taking action, start plugging into this reality, you know, and yeah, I think that's so important that it's always just a small group of dedicated people who are doing it and you can do it too. Um, decriminalized nature like exists. There's this national organization that exists to provide resources for people who are doing a decriminalized effort. So like grassroots organize, find your friends, find the others, find other people who are passionate about political change and do something about it. Find some lawyer friends, find (laughs) some like people who have political influences, like talk to your local legislator. And like, it doesn't need to be like on a big level. Like these are city initiatives. Like these aren't even state initiatives at this point, but it's like small change and it's not easy, but it's doable. It's doable on the local level for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the best way to go about making change because I mean, you look at like the federal level and it's like you could they're like oh man this is just too much it's too much bureaucratic bullshit and nonsense and it seems like it's impossible to to change anything stop the foreign wars and all that kind of stuff but yeah you know at a local level it's possible it's doable yeah i mean i think our political system's a mess at the federal level but at the local level on smaller scales i think democracy in our country can and is working so talk to your local representatives, talk to your friends. I don't know, talk to decriminalize Denver. Talk to Toby. Yeah. <laughs> Form a psychedelic club, talk to people about it. And I think really just like, that's what it comes down to, right? More conversation, more exposure to these topics is important. Cause I think that's kind of brings us back to like what we're talking about at the beginning, right? Technology as a tool to spread knowledge. Yeah. And maybe that's why we're seeing change happen so fast. Definitely. Is that like, 
decriminalized Denver happened, and then a month later you have decriminalized Oakland, where they not only they decriminalized mushrooms, but they decriminalized all of nature, yeah. ayahuasca, ibogaine, mm-hmm. cactuses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's uh, there's like bills in over a hundred different cities now uh, throughout the country. Uh, there's uh, you know. It's, it's cool that we have, um, you know, this kind of stuff going on and it's happening at the local level and that's the best way to get involved and to, uh, to make change. Toby, thank you for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you coming here and, and talking about this. Do you think there's anything that we didn't touch on that you kind of wanted to talk about or mention or say or get out there? Yeah, so I guess I just wanted to hammer home or reiterate a little bit about the package that I'm launching with Altered States. Um, I made a discount code for listeners of your podcast. All right, nice. So listeners of your podcast can go to alteredstatesintegration.com. If you're looking to have um, like the homework part of the experience and the integration part of the experience, we have a whole course coming up. It's uh, three courses, guided. We take a break for integration, and then we have unlimited, or we take a break for the alternate experience, then afterwards we have unlimited integration that you can utilize. And then if you sign up, you get our next two podcast um, webinar classes for free. Oh, cool. All right. So uh, what's the code? Discount code Mikeadelic. Mikeadelic discount code. And how much is the discount? Um, so the discount code will knock off 20 bucks from the t- final purchase. 20 bucks. That's pretty awesome. Thank you for doing that. That's that's, that's super cool because I know a lot of people listening like are looking for those resources, you know, and maybe they don't have it where they are. And so this is online. And is it live or is it recorded? So we have all the classes are live. Um, so we have, it starts off with a short get to know you session. Um, that's a one-on-one, um, we talk to you, we get to know what you're trying to get out of your experience. And then we have two different classes, um, before you take the break for the altered state experience. So we have a class on like intention setting. What is an intention? How do you set an intention? What's like a good intention for you? We basically do, we don't tell you what your intention is. Obviously that's like something for you to discover and do yourself. We basically give you all the information you need to set an intention. Then the second class we have is a um, discovering scum, stu- uh, discovering stumbling blocks. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> a really apt uh, yeah. <laughs> point so to stumble. <laughs> we just go over, we talk about things that might be pain points and identifying them beforehand. Um, maybe you're trying to work through some trauma, but like identifying that sometimes working through trauma is hard and messy yeah. and that you might run into some pain. Um, associated with it. So then there's a break for the altered state experience. That's not something we can help you with, unfortunately, but there's a lot of good options. Um, breath work, um, cannabis breath work, I think is a great option. Holotropic breath work is a great option. Um, if you're in a decriminalized area, there's a lot of options available as well. And then we offer one-on-one integration coaching with one of our coaches. And then we have a peer integration group. So that's kind of like the format of our class. Oh, awesome. So then after the experience, you get a little one-on-one with a coach and then you can uh, be, and then you can be with a group. Yeah, and it's the co. So oh, the same great. cohort. It's gonna. It's like a three to six month like chunk. So you have a whole cohort. So you take the classes. So these are people that you talk with before the experience. Then afterwards, you get to like share your experience, and then you kind of like make some connections as well. Oh, great! Like a club, uh, and you'll get to know people. Yeah. So oh, like, cool. I don't know. Really interested in community building in general. So yeah. anyways, that I think we can build community is really important. That's so nice. Awesome. Uh, and when does that begin? When does that launch? So January 28th is when we're starting our first flight. And then this will be something that we open up occasionally. Um, and then there'll just be chunks. Um, we're thinking every three to six months we'll open it up. Um, we're just going to see what a good pacing is. We're not 
sure what's going to be a perfect pacing for the classes. So we're going to like talk to people once we get our first group and see what's a good pacing for everyone. Well, that sounds really cool. Yeah. So if you're if you're interested, please check that out because I think it's such a super useful thing. And I've been on the website and I took a look around and, and saw, you know, some really good stuff on there. And and the way that you just laid that out sounds perfect. I, I really like that format. That sounds really nice. Um, so yeah, go to Altered States Integration and, and you can uh, sign up for it. Is, is yeah, that... so you can sign up for it. Um, we also have a lot of other good resources on alteredstatesintegration.com. We have a blog, um, a lot of the topics that I talked about tonight, like safe space, um, curating integration, stuff like that. Um, we dig into deeper for our blogs. And then we have a four-part free webinar that you can sign up for that is uh, it's psychedelic healing 101 so we just have a lot of really good resources um education um if you want to check it out and this particular one that you're offering the code for is called this is vision 2020 vision 2020 okay so when that launches january 28th you could sign up vision 2020 enter mike adelic you 20 bucks off and you get 20 bucks off yep guidance and and advice and all kinds of good uh space holding yeah and then you also get our two upcoming classes for free we have uh, my business partner elizabeth has a class called um, diy psychology pairing psychedelics with psychology where she explores dbt framework and how to like use that as a framework for a psychedelic experience and then we have a harm reduction class coming up in march yeah i saw elizabeth and she's um she is uh special specialized in um Damn it, I forgot. She's a nutrition coach. Yes, okay. As one right. of her. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> so, yeah, she's a nutrition coach. I think she brings a great perspective. Um, she led two of our um, short psychedelic healing one on one webinars, and she presents this from the lens of a nutritionist, which I think is really, really interesting because a lot of these psychedelics are plant medicines. Yeah, you're ingesting them. Yeah, so yeah. she talks about that as like this human history of how we were introduced to these plants as plant sacraments they're not like chemicals originally they were plants that we encountered right so i think she really has a unique perspective as a uh, nutritionist and then as a coach um i think that provides a lot of good tools for people to unpack psychedelic experiences as she's been a nutrition coach for a while i think that transfers over great to be a psychedelic coach yeah definitely and it was funny i was just reading something today about sort of you know like the mind body connection and health and nutrition and food and healthy gut and healthy body and nutrition and all of the, I mean, and I believe uh, last night at the talk, like Max was really adamant about you know, be, saying you are what you eat. I think he said it really emphatically a, a couple of times about you are what you eat. So yeah, you are what you eat. Eat a lot of psychedelics, be psychedelic. <laughs> no, I agree. I think you are what you eat, right? If you don't garbage in garbage out is yeah. something that i learned as like programming but i think it applies to nutrition too mm -hmm. like how can you feel good and do good if you're eating crap right yeah totally well thank you so much for offering that code that's so cool so go check it out mike adelic is the code altered states integration vision 2020 toby thank you so much for being here and uh yeah check out psychedelic club and if you want to start one too you can reach out and form one form a chapter uh right in your own town yeah i highly recommend if you're interested in psychedelics community building um, intentional community, anything like that, um, reach out to Psychedelic Club. If there's not one in your area, you should start one. I make all my friends there. That's how I met you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So I, my, my life would be very different if I wasn't engaged in Psychedelic Club. So highly recommend anybody who's 
interested in something like this, start their own. It's not that hard. You start it with a couple of your friends, and you talk about psychedelics. We and then we've grown so much. Like out of psychedelic club of Denver grew decriminalized Denver, and we now have a huge online following and. We have so many speakers and just so many connections that are happening, which is so cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and uh, yeah, and, and don't be uh, like you know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're gonna how you're being right now. How are you being right now? I hope everybody's well out there. But if you're in Denver, show up, come. You know, you're welcome. You don't have to be, even if you've never done psychedelics and you're interested or you're curious or maybe you don't want to do any psychedelics, but you're, you're floating and, you know, meditating and doing yoga and smoking can like what, you know, whatever it is, come down, come on down and say hi. Yeah. So Psychedelic <laughs> Club of Denver meets every Monday at 7.30 PM. We meet at a coffee shop called Hooked on Colfax. If you're in Denver, we'd love to have you. If not, we're on Facebook and you should follow us. We post a bunch of really good psychedelic articles. So if you're just interested in psychedelics in terms of research, check out Psychedelic Club of Denver on Facebook. We post so many good articles and I learned so much just reading our posts online. Awesome. Now I could, I could let you get out of here. I could say the podcast is done and we're going to wrap up, but I was just thinking, do you have any really cool psychedelic stories that you want to share? Maybe real cool. Well, I mean, stories. that's yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like really cool. What, what is that anyway? But, uh, any, uh, fun psychedelic stories. Yeah, I got a good one for you. Cool. So I just, All right. Thank you so Buckle much for, in, folks. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Yeah. So this one's a DMT experience. Ooh. This one's a breakthrough DMT experience. No microdose, and this one's a full one. All right, full-on DMT. Um, so I take a... It's less about the experience and more about what happens afterwards, but let me tell you about the experience because that's part of the fun, right? So I take a dab of DMT. If you don't dab your DMT, dab DMT. Uh, shout out to dabbing DMT. Yeah, shout out to dabs. So I break through and I see this female entity and she's so complex, like ethereal. I don't know how to describe entities to somebody who hasn't seen it, but she's huge. She's expansive and she shows me this, she has this knowledge that she wants to impart on me and she like gestures with her hand and there's this four dimensional space. Um, something I've like read is called like a tesseract um, based on like physics and stuff. It's this three-dimensional cube that like fractals in on itself forever. Um, and she's like gesturing towards it and it's just so important. There's something huge and important about like this knowledge of this shape that's like fractaling in on itself. And I don't know if I ever like understand what it is, but that's not like the point of the story. So I have this experience where she's like showing me the shape and we have an integration circle at Denver Psychedelic Club and somebody's talking about their DMT experience. And it was like two weeks after I had my experience and they're talking about their experience and I swear shot for shot. And they got a lot, lot deeper into the experience and like I gave you like the 30 second breakdown. They talked about this for like five or 10 minutes about this entity that they saw. They described her vividly. They described this like shape that she was showing them. And as far as I can tell, like shot for shot, this person had the same DMT experience as I did. Whoa. Which, and like, this wasn't any prompting. Like I was an integration circle facilitator. So I'm sitting there and I'm just holding space for the other people to have their experiences. So it's not like I'm like, man, I had this DMT experience where I saw this entity and she like showed me a shape. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, me too. Right. And like, that was it. This is somebody who told like a 10 minute DMT trips report and yeah no knowledge of you no knowledge prior of me talking about this yeah. or anything you're just and sitting there listening so yours is your mind just like blowing my mind's like well blown <laughs> and i don't know dmt in general just makes me question the nature of reality we exist in yeah 
Um, but that was definitely like a mind fuck. Somebody like shares a psychedelic experience and I'm like, I've had that trip. Mm, whoa. Yeah. What is that? Like, it's, I, I mean, I've had a similar one, but not like that, but yeah, there's something, there's something strange afoot at the circle K folks. <laughs> yeah. And normally I wouldn't believe people when they like told me stuff like this, but like I had this trip report written down in my journal. Somebody told me their experience. I went home and I double checked my journal as any good scientist would. And I'm yeah. like, man, that seems like a shot for shot, like remake. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's always just when you think it's you're like, wow, this is strange. It's always getting stranger. Yeah. The rabbit hole always goes a little deeper. I feel like I found. Get in those rabbit holes, folks. Thanks, Toby, for sharing that story. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for being here. Till next time. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you did, go and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel like writing something. Uh, that would be great. It helps the show a lot. helps us bump us up in the uh, Apple algorithm, get the podcast exposed to more people. So if you like the show, go ahead and do that. If you want to go a step further, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate, become a patron, be a part of the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum WhatsApp chat group of people chatting and connecting all around the world. We're finding the others, bringing them together, creating community. One of my favorite things to offer. I also release bonus episodes. Sometimes I do episodes that are kind of raw and kind of beta test them for the producers of the show, which are my patrons, the people who support the show. Big shout out to everybody that's a patron. Thank you for your love and support. If you want to do a one-time donation, go to my website, mikebrank.com. Go to PayPal and do a one-time donation if you feel that. And uh, I really like the method of donation. It's a, it's a gifting mentality. And reading Charles Eisenstein's books recently and his talks have really kind of made me embrace the spirit of the gift of giving and gifting and what better time than this holiday season to be generous and to give and you know if you like the show just tell tell people about it spread it share it also contact me go to my email uh, on my website the contact page mikebrank.com reach me on instagram mikeadelic underscore podcast hit me up on facebook send me your messages send me your thoughts send me guest suggestions ideas share your story with me reach out give me feedback what do you like what don't you like and uh, I love to hear from people. I always respond. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. If you're interested in CBD, we have Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. You can go to hempbombs.com, get all kinds of CBD stuff. And um, I used to take their their gummies. I think I'm going to start taking them again. I ran out, so I got to get some more. But uh, they're really good. And um, yeah, check it out. If you're interested in CBD, you want to give it a try, put in the code MIKE15 at checkout and get 15% off all of your CBD wants, desires, needs, and so forth. Big shout out to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. And uh, of course, thanks to Muse, who uh, I mash up their song and put the Terrence McKenna clips and everything in without their permission, but somehow I'm still able to do it. So thanks, because I love that. And uh, what else? I don't know. Thank you so much to everybody for your love and support, for listening. And yeah, I really, uh, really, 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 from the bottom of my heart, really can't express how grateful I am that out of all the podcasts out there that you choose this one to listen to. And uh, yeah, uh, like I said, let's really make this a collaborative effort. If there's something that you hear, that you notice, you know, something going on with the show that you're like, hey, you used to do this or you do that, or I'd like to see this, or hey, did you ever think about that? Shoot me a message. 
I'm open. I communicate. I message back. I like this to be a collaborative effort. I want more community involved in this. So anyway, thanks. And uh, till next time, peace.